Welcome to Casual Sets, a weekly podcast exploring the game of tennis through the eyes of the experts themselves. I'm your host, James Presley. Being that this is our first episode, it's only right that I give our listeners a brief introduction of what exactly Casual Sets is. Each week, we will have a guest on the podcast speaking on their viewpoints and experiences surrounding topics relevant to today's tennis world. This week's first guest is ATP World Tour and American professional tennis player, Jack Sock. Sock is currently the world's number 17th ranked player with a career high of number 8 and 4 career singles titles under his belt. At only 25 years old, Sock has won the Wimbledon men's doubles title, U.S. Open mixed doubles title, and a gold medal in the mixed doubles at the 2016 Rio Olympics. Sock was in Atlanta this past week, stopping through to do a media promotional tour in preparation for the 2018 BB&T Atlanta Open. He was kind enough to sit down and chat with me about this year's tournament and the upcoming clay court season. Well, first off, welcome back to Atlanta, um, and uh, well, congrats on your recent doubles win at Indian Wells. Um, so uh, glad to have you here for what's going to be your sixth Atlanta appearance. Yeah. Um, yeah, so you know, what, what, what about Atlanta keeps you coming back? Um, uh, well, I mean, the, the tennis reasons and the, um, the tournament reasons, is the site. I think the site's super cool. It's very unique for the, for the tennis world. Um, kind of have it in the middle of a... Atlantic Station, if many people don't know what that is, it's just a bunch of shopping and kind of your normal plaza type area, and then and all of a sudden you have a center court kind of in the middle of it, you know, by some restaurants and stuff, so it's, I think it's a really unique, um, cool venue, uh, and then, you know, one of the main reasons I have a ton of family in the area, um, my, pretty much my dad's whole side of his family is within 30, 45 minutes of here, um, so... Every time I chance, I, every every chance I get to come back to the city and, and especially play in front of them, so I don't get to see them that often, uh, makes it extra special. Great, great. So you've had some recent success here as a former singles semifinalist uh, in the doubles champ, uh, but there's been this really tall guy <laughs> that uh, yeah. just keeps winning here. So I mean, how do you and the other fellow players kind of approach Atlanta, knowing that you know this is Johnstown? <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's, it's it's bulldog nation for sure for him right now. Uh, I think mm. it's, he gets the home support, the home crowd. Even with my family here, he still may get you know some more followers being uh, being a Georgia guy but uh, no, I think uh, he's one of my best friends so um, I don't think he's going to mind when I say that you know, his time needs to come to an end soon and uh, nah, he, he's, uh, he's suited for this court really well it's a very high bouncing um, lively court especially if he's playing through, during the day and stuff with his serve and everything oh, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's a nightmare out there so uh, yeah we'll see you know, I'm looking forward to coming back this year hopefully him and I can play you know each other maybe at the end mm-hmm. of the week and, and um, you know have a friendly battle for for that, that, spot, that, belt, that belt that he owns right now. Oh, yeah. So any talk you two possibly playing doubles kind of rekindle an Indian Wells win? Here <laughs> uh, in Atlanta? Yeah. Probably not. I think I'm actually playing my brother again. Okay, um, Eric. Yeah, nice. yeah. <laughs> so I think we had a wild card last year. Teddy and the tournament were nice enough to give us one. And um, that was honestly, you know, up there with Wimbledon and the Olympics and everything for me to be able to play mm-hmm. you know, a tournament with him. Um, yeah, he played competitive tennis his whole life. and. It was kind of a dream of his to, to get out there and play doubles together. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. so uh, let's talk a little about your run as the number one American, which recently John just retook yeah. <laughs> took the claim after uh, Miami. You're going to hear that a lot yeah. coming up. Um, you know, your run in Paris at the end of 2017 pretty much seemed unprecedented going from, what, number 24 uh, in the rankings to finishing number eight. So just describe your preparation and mindset and route to your first Masters 1000 title and your experience playing in the first year in championships. Uh, very unexpected. Um, I didn't even know. Me, I didn't even know mathematically that I could I could make the the London. Well, I, obviously, it was not in my mind whatsoever when I 
lost a bunch of matches before. Um, wasn't playing. Wasn't playing amazing. Um, I mean, I, I I know that my level could be there. I knew at the time that my level could be, you know, to, to win a tournament like a you know like Paris or a Master Series. Um, but things hadn't hadn't quite clicked yet. So um, yeah, I just kept kind of plugging along. Honestly, it was kind of a you know not literal, but like. Um, I don't know if the right words are not like a screw it kind of week, but like go out and just just let loose and have fun. Oh, yeah. You know, drop all pressures, drop all expectations. The last week of the year, um, and then I, I it was almost over right there. First round for the people that followed. Oh know, yeah, followed. <laughs> so, I was yeah, down so, yeah, five one that first round of third set, and um, when you get through a match like that, then it's then that's literally having playing with house money. Mm-hmm. You just go the rest of the week, and, oh, yeah. and you just you know you playing having fun. Yeah, I should be home right now, but I'm still here. And right. all of a sudden, you're in the quarters, then you're in the semis. You're playing well, and then it's like, all right, well, let's, let's do this now. Oh yeah, and then in London, yeah, London was incredible. Yeah, I'd heard obviously from fellow players and, and people that have been, um, yeah, how amazing it was. First class event, mm. obviously, you know, it's our our biggest event. Um, and but then I don't think you realize it until you're there. So you're staying, you know, at the hotel, and you take the boat ride over, the ferry ride oh, over nice. to the O2. to the courts, yeah, <laughs> and then you're walking into the O2, you know, which is one of the most infamous arenas probably in the world. Mm. Um, and then you go in, you see this court, and and then you hear from other players that they literally sell out every seat for almost every session. You look oh, and you walk in there when it's empty, you're practicing, you're like, maybe that many really? people here, and you're like, all right, well. <laughs> Yeah, so it was, and then to open, open against Roger and have that crowd, kind of get that one out of the way was nice. Oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> get that one out of the way, even though you're, you, know, you start with a loss, get that one out of the way, and then um, then I played some, you know, some great times from there. Mm. So we're a couple of months out, um, but, you know, U.S. Davis Cup team just came off a 4-0 victory, quarterfinal victory over Belgium and Nashville, uh, setting up a class for Croatia in the semifinals of September. Now, the last time you guys played Croatia, the U.S. just came up short, 3-2. So I know the team is looking for some get back. Yeah, that was that was that hurt. That one hurt a couple of years ago, um, just because we had a a really good we had a really good Friday. Um, and that was here in Portland, wasn't that? Was uh, that's in Portland? Yeah, yeah, I started. You know, I, I played the first match. Chillage, got down yeah, two sets to love. Had my first had my first comeback from two sets to love down. Mm. Pretty epic match. That's still one of my favorite matches I've played in my mm. career. Nice. Um, and then to do it for your team was just made it extra extra cool and then uh and then john went out and played really well after so we got up 2-0 then you have the bryans you know who you know are, are you know one of the best davis cup teammates we've had some of the best davis cup teammates we've had and, um but that's tennis you know oh, yeah. that, that stuff happens and and uh and then it kind of just trickled i feel like yeah. in the you know chillish played unreal i think against john on sunday mm, yeah. and then, um, you know, I played at George who played completely different from Friday to Sunday. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, he played a lot better on Sunday, I think, than he did on Friday. And once again, that's, that's sports. It happens. So oh, yeah. that one definitely stung us all for a while. And, uh, we'll be looking to get some revenge in, Saturday, mm. in September. You guys know which surface you're playing on yet? And no, Croatia? Yeah, not yet. Yeah, okay. Not, uh, <laughs> we got done the city or, or surface or anything, but okay. we'll be ready. Definitely. Now, there hasn't been too much of a recent change in the dominance of American tennis between, let's say, you, John, Sam Querrey, and Steve Johnson. So, you know, how does uh, Davis Cup captain John Currier, I mean, Jim Currier, form a lineup before a tie? <laughs> I, we honestly don't even know, you know, when we're going in. Um, it, it, I, I think it comes down, um, and I don't know this, but it's just be, and I think it can speak for the other guys, um, probably just momentum at that moment, just because we're all... 
really close to the rankings. John, Sam, and I are within you know five spots of each other, mm-hmm. six spots of each other, and um, you know Stevie and I just won you know won Houston last week. Yes, and, we're flying back on the rise. Um, <laughs> so uh, yeah, I mean it's probably whoever has the most momentum. Obviously, John was an easy pick for Nashville coming off of his biggest win of his career oh, in yeah. Miami. And, Hot. and Sam's been playing well. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, so yeah, I would say probably just going off momentum, and then. Um, and then doubles is, is also, I, mean, I feel pretty good about my doubles. My mm-hmm. doubles, uh, my doubles confidence out there is pretty, it's pretty high, but, um, yeah, once grand again, slam doubles. Yeah, <laughs> doubles once again, if, if, you know, if one of us isn't feeling well, that's, that's what's scary about our team is, is, is if one of us, two of us isn't even feeling well, we have mm-hmm. the weapons and, and, um, you know, the makeup to, to put anybody in at any time and, and, um, and do well. Right. Now, speaking of American tennis, uh, most of you guys on Davis Cup team are considered veterans in the game now. Yeah. Uh, so what are your thoughts on a rising crop of next-gen players, and who's your favorite to watch? <laughs> yeah, I mean, we got, we got, I think, a very promising future. Um, a very, I think, a very diverse future in the, you know, in the, in the, in the brand of tennis that they play. Um, I think Francis is awesome to watch. Uh, he's, you know, he's a good buddy of mine, and... and um, He's always a blast to watch. He's you know he's kind of got the flair, a little bit of the swagger. Um, you know he's got similar game a little bit to me with his you know forehand dictates a lot of the points and um, you know athletic covers the court really well. Um, so he's kind of got like the, the all around game um, with the power, with the speed and everything. And then you have like a Taylor Fritz, who's just I think has some of the best timing on tour of just hitting a tennis ball. Um, I think that talent for him is is up there with with anybody. Um, and then you have like Opelka, who is the next John a little bit. <laughs> Pretty much, serving out of it, serving, he's serving you know from the roof. And um, so yeah, I think we got a good blend of guys. You know, very different styles of game, um, but all very dangerous in their own way. So um, and obviously there's there's more guys, but just off the top of my head, I think um, I think it's gonna be very good. That's good, good. So we're in the midst of clay court season. So uh, which events are you planning on playing prior to the French Open? <laughs> um, I'm playing starting in Madrid. So we're going to Madrid, Rome, Lyon, uh, one event in France, and then Paris. Got it, got it. So in your opinion, who should we watch out for at Roland Garros other than the obvious? Other than the obvious? I think it's pretty exciting times right now. I mean, obviously, those those top guys, the you know, the most well known names in tennis, are, are still winning a lot of titles. But um, I think you're seeing a lot more competitive matches and um, you know different guys maybe in the quarters and semis of slams and and um, you know break it through. So honestly, yeah, it could be a variety of people. Um, I'd like to throw myself in that equation. I, yeah, love, the, yeah. I love the play. So. Um, but Dominic Tiem, you know, a lot of people are, are thinking mm. he's the next big clay clay superstar, oh, yeah. and so he'll always be dangerous on that surface. But I know everyone's good. A lot of these guys are good, so it kind of can be anybody's chance to break through. Right, right. So I mean, you made it to the fourth round yourself, the French Open. I actually had to run against Nadal, got a set off him. So I mean, considering where you're playing now versus then, how do you think you square up against him if you had to play him? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just have more experience. I think tennis is a lot of experience. Has uh, a lot about experience. Um, that's why I think you see these guys that you know, for tennis years are, are older that are doing well, and um, they're thirty to thirty three years old, or twenty nine to thirty three years old, and <clears throat> winning some of their biggest titles or winning more titles just because um, they've been in those situations more when you're when you're young. Sometimes you don't know how to handle it or how to approach it, um, but when you've done it, you know, over and over. 
and uh, now all of a sudden, you know, you're playing on the weekend of a tournament. You just it, it's more calming. You know how to go about it, um, and then you probably play some better tennis because of it. You're not as anxious and and nervous. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think with those things, I think I I you know like my chances to give them you know a great run, if not have chances to win. Oh, definitely. So uh, one last thing, I saw you and your girlfriend were just at the uh, Rockets Timberwolves <laughs> yeah. game Sunday. Uh, who do you have coming out that series? <laughs> Oh, my heart wants the Timberwolves. Mm. Jimmy Butler is my favorite player. Oh, nice. Please, if he, I met him at I met him at Rio real quick. I fanboyed and took a selfie like. A <laughs> um, but he's he's definitely my favorite player. I yeah, I mean, I like all the all the you know the, the big big name basketball players, but mm. I like to follow somebody different. Um, I think he seems like a good dude, and um, yeah, he's just he's a, he's a cool guy to watch. And um, but uh, yeah, my heart says the Timberwolves, but. The way I witnessed Harden play um, throughout that game, especially at the end, uh, makes me very nervous. But I was just happy <laughs> to be a game when we were there. Yeah. Uh, you think Harden is the season's MVP? Uh, Jimmy's the season's MVP. I think. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. That's, 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 a, that's a tough question. Mm. I'm not sure why Russell's not up there, though, in the conversation, at mm. least with everybody. But, yeah, I mean, LeBron, Harden, or Russell, you can't, you can't go wrong. Or Jimmy. Oh, definitely, yeah. So um, who do you have in the finals? <laughs> Uh, annoying to say, probably Golden State, mm. but uh, well, I, I mean, that was the first that was the first time I watched the Rockets in person. Obviously, I've seen them on TV a bunch. I follow sports like crazy, but um, they they got something special, I think, going on in that city on that team. Um, Houston or Golden State? I don't know. Uh, I'm gonna go with Houston. Okay, just to be different, and uh, the East. Take LeBron, like everybody else. Yeah. Or, uh, <laughs> yeah, Toronto's hot right now. Yeah. <laughs> comes back. That team, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 76 is definitely. Points. Um, but, I mean, I'll take, I'll take the King to carry his team. Maybe. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. King Rockets. Can't go wrong. Can't yeah, go wrong with the King. Go. So, all right. So, who takes it between either Houston or Golden State? Well, Houston and LeBron in how many games? <laughs> oh, man. I think it's going. I think, I think Houston's bringing home the title this year. I don't know why. Um, they just, I, they seem like they're just on the same wavelength, all of them. They were, even when, you know, Minnesota was playing well, they just, uh, CB3, they, they got that team organized. Um, taking the Rockets in six. Rockets in six. Rockets in six. All right, we're here. Sock, sock taking the Rockets in <laughs> six. All right, all right. Well, thanks, Timberwolves in four. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks, Jack. Right, appreciate yeah, it. Good yeah, luck in Paris. Yeah, thank you. And uh, we'll see you back here in July. Perfect. Appreciate All it. Right, All right, you're welcome. That's it for this week's episode of Casual Sets. Please join us next week as we sit down with former NCAA standout and current hitting partner for Serena Williams, Jameer Jenkins. See you at the courts. Peace.